Hello beautiful people and welcome back on Home in a Teacup, the podcast on which we're trying to understand the feeling of home through conversations around the topics of cultural identity, nationality, languages and travel. Today's episode is a special one as I will be the host but the guest of the show, interviewed by the lovely Emily who you may remember from episode 5. We discuss my experience as an exchange student in Scotland as well as the impact it had on me and how I see my future there. Before starting, I'd like to say, as usual, that none of the speakers are not English speakers, so mistakes can and will probably be made. Do not forget to subscribe if you like this episode and wish to hear more fascinating conversations like this one. And you can follow Home in the Teacup on Instagram if you want to be updated with the latest news. Hope you enjoy! Hello, Luan, and welcome to Home in a Teacup! <laughs> Hello! <laughs> Thank you, I'm so honoured to be here! <laughs> It's your own podcast, but you know it's my own podcast. Yeah, but that that's that's a bit daunting to be on the other side of the yeah. mic. I mean, on the other side of the table. You I mean, technically, I'm on the same side of the table, but still. Yeah. <laughs> Are you nervous? I am nervous to be honest mm. because I'm not in control and yeah. I have absolutely no idea what questions you're going to ask me. Even though it's not we'll very see. hard to make me talk, but still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, present yourself, say what you want to say, whatever you want to say, say it. All right, well, my name is Luan, I'm 22 years old. I study at the University of Bretagne, Bretagne Sud, University of South Brittany in France, and I study English. Wow. Wow, we do exactly the same degree <laughs> still. <laughs> so, first question I wanted to ask is mm. obviously about your Erasmus. Yes. Can you tell us, well, how was it? And was it like an, just a great experience or did you have lows and ups and downs and, you know? Ooh, you know that I could talk, for the, um, I could talk about that for like an hour. <laughs> so it's going to be very long. Um, well, for those who don't know, I was last semester in Scotland mm-hmm. for an Erasmus semester And I basically, I was in Edinburgh at Heriot University and whether there were lows and highs, and my goodness, yes. <laughs> But first of all, I think it's, it's important to say that I had always dreamt mm. about, of going to Scotland at some point ever since I was little. Mm. I don't really remember how it started, to be honest. Mm. But just I, I always knew it was Scotland and I kind of, when I decided to... Applied for an Erasmus semester last year. I did not apply for Scotland right away. I yeah. applied for Ireland mm. because I wanted to study literature, which was not possible at Heriot War. Oh. And they kind of like the lecturers told me they would rather have me go to Scotland yeah. than Ireland because it mm. was, I could go for just one semester in Scotland, mm. which was what they preferred. Mm. So that's what I did. And It was a bit of a tough period for me when I left. Oh. It was <laughs> because I, I had some, um, let's say, mental health issues. Yeah. So I nearly abandoned the idea of going. Oh, really? Yeah, I did. I, I kind of, it took me, I kind of, you know, we have a lot of paperwork to do before yeah. leaving. And I kind of sent all the documents like two mm. weeks before the due date oh, wow. okay. I had four months to do it yeah and it's basically thanks to my friends if I left and my parents because they mm. were like there's no way you're not going <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of I kind of I did everything and I mm. kind of left being like 
I didn't really know what to expect, except that I felt mm. that this was this would kind of change my whole perspective. Mm. I did not expect yeah. it to change it that much, <laughs> <laughs> but still. <laughs> and it was it was a it was intense. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> it was really intense, especially because um, how can I say that? For people who do not know, Erasmus is really intense. Mm. You get to meet so many people, mm. so many different personalities. So I think I actually met some like more than a hundred people in just wow. two weeks. Yeah, because you get you have the freshest week in the first week, yeah. so you get to know everyone for Erasmus, <laughs> and it's intense. And mm. I don't think I felt home um, homesickness apart from the two first weeks mm. it was kind of harsh because you meet so many people and at the same time you're like you get to be surrounded by people but you feel yeah. so lonely because you don't mm. have any deep connection with any of these people mm. so that was that was a bit of a low and i would say that the lowest i felt was probably every time i was every time the Erasmus part of the experience was too intense. Yeah, because you were, well, you were all alone there. There wasn't any yeah. family or your friends from here. I mean, I don't really mind being alone. Yeah. I'm very independent, especially <laughs> regarding my family. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> because I I think I, I go back to my parents' house like twice a year. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. It's, I never, I used to never spend more than like five or six days at my parents' oh, wow. house yeah okay. that's like, so we're, we're really independent we call one another nearly every day like really my mom mm. and I call each other so often yeah but you, you like your independence yes mm. I like it and for, for my friends I think there was so much going on mm. that I did not call them that much mm. I did not feel the need to call them maybe at the beginning I felt the need for example one of my friends came to Scotland and I I had been there for two weeks, I think. No, a okay. week. And Ilona. Yeah. She she came to see me a week after after I arrived. Mm -hmm. And it was the only moment where I really felt like when she left, I was crying so badly. Yeah. Because it was a bit tough. Mm. Uh, the first the first few days were a bit tough. Mm. I think that's normal. You're arriving in your country. Yeah. You don't know anybody. Exactly. Yeah. And you feel you feel both surrounded by so many people, by mm. a crowd of people, and at mm. the same time, you feel so lonely. Mm. And you don't have those little things that are going to cheer you up. For example, the food. Mm. Very, yeah. Even though we ha they have a lot of French food. But it's, it's not, not the, the same. same. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same. Yeah. And did you know, like, right away when you arrived, you wanted to leave there? Or was it like after the two weeks and after a few months that, oh, well, I want to leave there? Oh, yeah, that's why I did not explain that I wanted to live there. <laughs> <laughs> It's true, you didn't. Well, basically, that was, I think I kind of always felt it because, I don't know, I think I've always had, I'm a very intuitive person, mm. so I kind of feel things and I think I always knew somehow that I would want to live someday mm. abroad and especially Scotland <laughs> I've always been attracted to the UK and Scotland mainly and it's just I kind of always knew it but I had shoved the thought away for so mm. many years because of many decisions I took and I don't think I expected to want to live there 
after my Erasmus semester. Mm. The very first day I arrived there, the very first day I set food in the country, I kind of felt at home right away. Mm. And it was so weird. I remember walking with my suitcases mm. in the streets, which were really heavy. And I was like, with my two suitcases <laughs> in my backpack. Yeah. And I would look around me and be like, this is weird because I don't feel like I'm abroad. I don't mm. feel like being in another country, even mm. though I had never come to Scotland before. Mm. But it felt so familiar. And just the fact that everyone was speaking English, even though the accent was hard to understand <laughs> at first, it really was hard to understand. It was still so... It was really weird. But I don't, I don't think I expected to want to live there because one of the... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, don't worry. <laughs> one of the reasons why... One of the reasons why I also only wanted to go for one semester was mm. because I knew that I still had a lot of things to live here in mm. Lorient after that. And so for me, it was obvious that it was just going to be one semester, especially mm. because when I applied last year, I was still with my ex-boyfriend. Mm. So I, in my mind, it was obvious that I could not stay more than one semester. And yet, <laughs> at the end of the semester, when we were nearing the end I kind of it was not it was so obvious that something was wrong in never coming back yeah I could feel it deep down like it, it didn't you know for example we're reaching the end of the year right now mm. and um we can feel the end of the year nearing. Yeah. You know, you feel this nostalgia. You feel, <laughs> yeah. you know that the people mm. you're surrounded with, you're not going, some of them you're never going to see again. Mm. You, we can feel it. It's, there's something, some sort of energy yeah. surrounding endings. Yeah. And for Scotland, when I was, it was like two weeks before I left, or even one week before I left, I was sitting in the library with my friends and mm. we had all the exams and all the all the assignments to mm. give to handle and everything. And I was in the library and I remember thinking, there's something unlogical about leaving. Mm. And I literally I would I started being so frustrated because I was like, This there's, there's something wrong. Like this doesn't feel like an end. Yeah. It felt like a beginning, mm. which was so weird and I just I, I kind of became mad. I don't think I, I don't think I did myself some good there mm. because I I would just not accept the situation. Mm. But at the same time it's thanks to that that I could find the energy to try and go back there. Yeah. I think that helped you like being motivated to go back there. Yes. Because I remember that when you were when you came back, all you were talking about obviously was Scotland and how excited you were about, you mm. know, going back there and just having a new life there. Mm. And I think that really motivated you to go back there and to, you know, push yeah. like push destiny to to go there. Mm. And I mean the work you've done to, you know, to push your project and to even at university, you know, yeah. emails and calls and etc. Just mm. to go back there. I mean, that's huge, like huge effort. I think that's, oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> just, if I could do it again, I mm. would probably try and be a little bit more subtle. Like, um, How can I say that? Not, not subtle, but I hated the fact that I kind of became... A person I said I would not become. You know that type of person who comes back from uh, like some weeks or months abroad mm. and who's like, well, when I was in Scotland, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hated but, that. <laughs> yes, but 
yours was motivated by the fact that you wanted to leave there you wanted to go back mm. which is different than you know people that come back from like holidays and like oh my god the time i did that and this and that and they never <laughs> go back you know yes. you you wanted to go back so that mm. that that was logical yeah to to be like oh in scotland because you were kind of nostalgic and also mm. maybe you know that motivated you also the fact that all your memories Or th that you were thinking about your memories of Scotland, hmm. you know, it helps yeah. motivating you. That's right. Mm. But at the same time, I feel like I may have hurt some people around me mm. because I was not really living here. Like, mm. It took me, I remember meeting, bumping into one of my friends mm. um, like two or three weeks after I came back mm. and we were talking and she was like, so how is Scotland? And I started talking about it with... <laughs> spark in my eyes and everything and she looked at me and she was like well it feels as if you never come back you never yeah. came back like yeah. I had my mind my heart everything was mm. there coming back was so mm. so hard and mm. it's weird at the same time because I a year ago I had all those plans about my life mm. All those plans, like my whole life was already settled. Written, yeah. Yes, exactly. I mean, it had been five years since I had started dating my ex-boyfriend. Mm. We kind of had plans, even though even though I kind of forgot some of my dreams on the mm. way. I mean, I was just, I was kind of trying to build this typical life of settling with someone, mm. starting your life, starting to be very calm and mm. casual about it yeah. and just the supposed dream life of many people and I went to Scotland and I just my whole life was questioned all of a sudden like wow. all my okay. choices and it was it was so hard and weird because I, it kind of made me question the person that I was as well mm. because I didn't know who I was technically yeah. after after forgetting my dreams for so long for mm. so long sorry after forgetting my dreams for so long it kind of was hard to know who I was anymore and I mm. feel like be questioning all the things I had believed in mm. was really hard as well and so I came back being like I longed for a place for people for I was I didn't feel like I was in the right place I just wanted to go back there mm. I felt homesickness reversed homesickness mm. and culture shock for like two months I think wow okay And all of a sudden I had all these dreams. Like I wanted to do, I always wanted to do the masters by research that mm. we have in this university. But I wanted to do my thesis on British literature mm. at first. And after that, I was like, no, I have to do it on Scottish cultural identity. That's mm. the only thing I know. And so I realized I wanted to do that. Then I realized I wanted to go back there so badly. So I started working on mm. maintaining the partnership, which was supposed to end. <laughs> and that's those nice and so many emails. And I called so many people because I spent yeah. like two months trying to like start the partnership again and persuade the lecturers that I, that they should let me go back there <laughs> to do my research project. And It's official, I can go back there, by the way. <laughs> it was so long and so hot. And at the same time, I was questioning the person that I was. Mm. Because everything I had believed in for so many years kind of just mm. fell away. Mm. And it was it was super intense. Especially because you also have, I think it's called the Erasmus Symptom. 
Mm. When you come back from the Erasmus semester, you kind of long for the place and mm. you kind of, you miss everything that happened mm. and it's really, really hard. So even though for me it was a bit different because the things I longed for were not the Erasmus aspect of it. On yeah. the contrary, I was actually relieved <laughs> to not have to party all the time, to not have this, like, this fleeting aspect of the whole semester mm. for me the only things that stayed were my friends there who mm. studied there were um, was the country were my habits on campus when I left on campus and so it was kind of I had many many things going on it yeah. was hard <laughs> and your family did your family support you supported you like in every step of the way or were there moments when they were like well maybe like calm yourself two seconds and think mm. like actually think about you know you're going to live there or were they like behind you through the whole process being like yay do do it you can do it you can live there or whether you mm. know was there some kind of difficulties honestly my parents were so supporting mm. they because i mean Obviously, they've known me ever since I was little. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> obviously. obviously. So they know that I've been dreaming of going to Scotland mm. for s basically nearly my whole life. Mm. So they were extremely supportive. But I think they were also a bit confused because they did not really understand what was going on inside my mind. Mm. And it was, I mean, I barely understood what was going on inside my mind as well. Mm. So it was a bit... They wanted to help and support me, but I would mm. do all these anxiety and I would go through all these ups and lows and mm. and there were very lots, but they never stopped supporting me and mm. I'm so grateful for that. That's great. Yeah. Yes, because they took me seriously when I told them I want to go back there next year. And I, I was basically ready to just save as much money as I could to start working, to gather mm. all the money I could. And because I, I expected them to be like, it's very expensive, mm. you know. And I, I just, I came to them and I was like, I'm going to do that. I don't care. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Whether you're behind me or not. And, and they basically were, of course we're behind you. I mean, obviously. That's great. <laughs> that is, especially because I'd like to do a year of master's there. Mm. It's extremely expensive. Yeah. In in the UK in general, it's very expensive, even more now that they're out of the European Union. Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> and so I I had thought about it, but I was I just pushed this all in the corner of my mind because for me it was so expensive that that would be really hard. Mm. And they're basically the one who said, Luan, go. If that's what you want to do, just go. It's that's only great. one year. Yeah, it is. That's great. It is. <laughs> and so, you, well, was there a moment, because you were talking about your ex-boyfriend, was there a moment where, you know, he was behind you and maybe thinking, well, I'm going to live with you in Scotland or, well, if you want to live in Scotland and if you, after your Erasmus, you want to go back there, I'll go with you. Or was there never a discussion about that? I didn't think there ever was a discussion about that. I mean, we had very different dreams because he yeah. had his dreams as well, which mm. is great. And I tr I tried as best as I could support him in that. Mm. So that's to, we never really discussed it. And I don't think it would have happened. Mm. Uh, 
because at the time I think might sell that season line it, I never saw I would want to go back there mm. it was probably because I understood that he had his dreams mm. and if if it were to work out between the two of us mm. someone had to make this like to take a decision mm. about their dreams and I kind of instantly saw I really wanted to work out between the two of us so mm. I'm not going to live abroad because I knew that would not work out yeah so yeah you know wow. there was <laughs> I I mean I think it depends on every type of relationship yeah but obviously. for me and I did not really say what my dream was because I kind of forgot it mm. I kind of pushed the thought away because I took all the decisions instead mm. maybe if I had said that's my dream maybe there would have been a discussion but for that I would have needed to understand yeah that what, this was still yeah, my dream obviously and yeah. you talked about you know having culture shocks mm. was it like what was the biggest culture shock because you know it's still in Europe so what was you know the moment you were like oh it's really really different from France you mean in Scotland yeah oh wait I'm trying to think <laughs> Well, <laughs> that's actually, well, that's actually very weird. I would probably say food mm. because that's the most obvious one. Mm. And at the same time, there are many things that are different from France. Mm. But the thing is, they fitted me better. I, I fitted mm. Scotland and I still fit Scotland much better than I fit France mm. because I kind of always felt like an outsider mm. in France. I was, li I would listen to English only music when I was already in primary school no. I whenever I would try and write songs or write in my diary I started writing in English very early mm. I would always be attracted to all the culture like the English speaking culture mm. and so when I went to Scotland for example just the music mm. they play in the club they mm. were all the songs that I would sing to <laughs> when I was little whereas yeah. in France I'm always like oh, I don't know not that song yeah. oh not that one again mm. whereas there all the things I felt uncomfortable with in France I didn't mm. feel it there so it, it there was some sort of culture shock but at the same time it was it fitted me perfectly mm. so that was really weird actually mm. because I I arrived in a country I had never been in before mm. and everything would kind of suit me so I would say if there was any culture shock, something that felt weird, I would probably say little things, for example. Um, well, I'm trying to think. Obviously the food. I, I'm, I'm still <laughs> going to say the food. But like, oh, maybe maybe something that is different, but I kind of expected it. The way, um, like the party outfit. The party outfit. Are they more formal? absolutely not oh my goodness so we are more formal we are we let's not say formal but let's just say that we tend to be especially as women in mm. france we are we want to feel safe so we whenever we go out for a drink or anything we're not going to wear the shortest dress no we're not going, no we wear, wear jeans and, jeans yeah. and even sweaters if we yeah. have to like we're just safe <laughs> exactly always safe because you always have to think about how am i going to go home and if i mm. have to go home alone i yeah. don't want to attract the gaze so yeah in the uk oh my goodness no <laughs> <laughs> they were Whatever the weather, whatever the temperature, oh, wow, they were for the women. Yeah, partly that's not the case for everyone, obviously. Mm. 
But most of them were very short dresses. Wow. Very skinny. Even in even in winter. Even in winter. Wow. I, I, I actually heard that some of them spread on their legs some sort of anti-cool spray. Wow. So that they don't feel that <laughs> it's it's crazy, believe me. Like they they are they are a bit different. They really they are. are built different. <laughs> they are built different. <laughs> and it's just the way they always, whenever there's a party, they always dress up like yeah. really nicely. Mm. So all the makeup and everything, mm. they actually wear a lot more makeup than we do. Mm. Like a lot more. Mm. And I mean, honestly, I, I don't mind it at all, but it was really weird for me because I tend to not wear that much wear makeup. Yeah. And, and even like French women don't wear that much makeup. We're really no. like natural kind of makeup. And we yeah. even to parties we don't like maybe we'll wear more makeup but we won't do like a full face and we wear like casual clothes. Exactly. Like, we don't we don't really dress fancy. Like, yeah. We just when when we go out when we go for a drink of mm. course we're gonna wear something a little bit more nice. Yeah, it's a little bit nicer than what yeah. we usually wear. But we tend to wear kind of the same clothes. Yeah. Oh, we're really casual yeah, yeah. with it. So when I was in the UK, it, honestly, I kind of. I got used to it very quickly. Yeah. Because it's so nice. Whenever you go out, you start to wear all the dresses. Mm. And I, oh. That makes it special. Exactly. And there's one quarter shop. I wouldn't call it a quarter shop, but there's something I felt so comfortable with. You feel so safe there. Mm. Like you can wear the skinniest and shortest dress ever. Mm. In the middle of the night, at four in the morning, wow. waiting for your wow. bus in the city. And there's no one in the streets in Edinburgh. Let's not like to one another. It's not a very busy city. It's not like <laughs> us. It's it's not like Glasgow is a bit more of a night city, but yeah. Edinburgh is not that much. Mm. And you feel so safe. When I went back there in February, I was in a gather dress. So wow. I was yeah. basically in, in a ball dress mm. with flip-flops. It was feigning. <laughs> I was on my own going back. And I was I was kind of um carrying the bottom of my dress so that wow. it would not be in the water <laughs> under the rain with my flip flops in the middle of the night and I felt so safe. Yeah. I don't, I would never do that in France. <laughs> Obviously not. In France when I have like a five or ten minute walk in the middle of the night. You don't feel That's, safe. No. Like you walk very quickly oh, yeah. and you, you put your hood your hood on. And yeah. Like, I had no ones in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> but back there it was it feels so safe. Mm. And they don't realize it. Like, even when you go to the toilets in the clubs, mm. there are signs everywhere uh, with things written on it. For example, mm. if you feel like someone is bothering you, just call that number. Oh, wow. Um, That's great. Yes. If you if you are annoyed by uh, by a man, you can just go to the bar, to the bartender and tell and him older, that word. Nah, nah. Exactly. Yeah. And everywhere. There are signs everywhere. There, sh- there should be the same in France. I, know. I mean, there isn't like anywhere. There's no mm. sign like if you need assisted, please order. I don't know, like the angel shot or whatever. There's the that does not exist in front, and I think it should because you know yes. sometimes you feel really desperate and you are too shy or too nervous to ask for help, and especially there's a lot of creep out there. Yeah, so. there is. There always is, and I feel like just the fact that people are so aware of it kind mm. of dissuades mm. the guys or even women who could be like bothering people mm. and it's just and I remember something I remember going back from from the club it was like three in the morning and we were waiting for the bus and knowing that 
many, 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 um, st not students, yes, students, young people, yeah, <laughs> yeah, in general, people from the university, <laughs> many of them were waiting for the bus because many uh, were living on campus, mm. so you were never quite completely alone when you were mm. waiting for the bus because there were so many people waiting, mm. and I remember there were two girls in front of me who were really drunk and who wore this very short and skinny <laughs> dress and they did not realize that the dress was coming up 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 oh, to wow. the point where basically it was they were butt it. naked yes exactly <laughs> and I remember two guys going to them and be like wait your dress is oh, going wow. up and they just helped them Whoa. get dressed again because they were so drunk they'd not realize it yeah. and I was like in France, that would never happen. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe between women. Like, yeah. We have, yeah, we would between women. Yes, because we're very protective mm. toward one another. But a guy coming no. to help you get dressed? Never. never. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's buses oh. all night long. They're called night buses. In oh, the wow. But it's like, ooh, I think there are only one every hour. Mm. Because clubs there close very early, like two in the morning, oh, wow. maximum three in the morning. Wow. It is so early for us. <laughs> we are used to we are five. Used to yes, five or <laughs> even six in the morning. Yeah. And there, they close very early and you have buses until I think four in the morning, if wow. I remember well. But it's like one every hour mm. and not for every line of buses. Mm. And they cost a lot more. Than usual buses, obviously, but they're so they they are hectic. I'm not mm. gonna like that because many people are drunk in these buses. So mm. sometimes you have people throwing up the buses. Mm. It's it's not always fun. I mean, I some of the some of the journeys back home, like back to campus, uh. was so much fun yeah. because you're drunk and so you start talking with your friends and yeah. it's just it's very casual. I really like it, especially because we have like 25 or 30 minutes. Uh, between the city center mm. and the campus mm. so it was kind of fun especially because buses there are double deckers oh wow oh my goodness i love double deckers <laughs> they are so amazing yeah. like you can see you feel so grand yeah, <laughs> so yeah. high <laughs> it's just it's i love it yeah but still i mean that that's a good thing and it's a good It, yeah, it's a good thing that they have night buses because, for mm. example, in Lorient, um, except for uh, ex except for Fridays where there's still buses until mm. like midnight. During the week, there isn't any buses after like nine or ten, and mm. sometimes it can be very hard when you don't have a car to go out with your friend and then come home you have to make arrangement and i think scotland even though you know it's i mean in, in edinburgh even though it's like very expensive mm. still having this possibility i think helps especially a lot of women you know in because they know that they'll come home safe yes and i think that's really like it's great that they have this in place to help like women and people in general come back mm. on camp on campus and just home you know yeah i agree as well i mean i think that's mostly something for the big cities mm. I, i think i don't really know about glasgow I, sh i should probably ask some of my friends but i think i think it's kind of the same because it's very night city so mm. they party a lot they're known <laughs> to party a lot but edinburgh is it's because there are a lot of campuses there mm. I think so, and it's it's very great. But I think if you, there are probably exceptions. I don't really yeah. know. I I should probably make some research about it. But I think the rest of Scotland, it's not like 
I mean, Scotland is not, there aren't that many inhabitants there. Yeah. So apart from the big cities, Glasgow, Edinburgh, probably, mm. I don't know if we could count Stirling as a big city, probably we could. Mm. And Aberdeen and everything, apart from those cities, is very empty. So you don't, for example, <laughs> up to the north. Yeah. One of my friends comes from the north of Scotland. Mm. And she told me it's it's without a car you can't do much. Honestly, yeah. like the buses and everything aren't very practical. There mm. aren't that many buses, mm. so you kind of you need to have your driver's license mm. and to have a car in order to be very free to travel. Mm. And I kind of felt it last semester because we wanted to travel a lot. We wanted mm. to see the countryside, and without a car and without a driver's license, I mean, I have my driver's license, yeah. but I did not dare try it in the UK. <laughs> Even though I am going to try and learn it next year, because I really want to be able to drive. <laughs> because without a car, you can't do much. Like you can't. You depend on the trains and you depend on the buses, mm. and they don't. They don't have that many buses as we do in France. Yeah. Even though in some cities like Edinburgh and Glasgow, they have buses at night. Mm. In the rest of the country, in the rest of the nation, they don't really have them. Mm. So, you you kind of depend on your personal mm. vehicle. So you plan on getting a car there? Not getting a car, not yet. <laughs> Except if I'm a hundred percent sure that I would be able to settle there. Mm. But right now, I just know for next year, I'm I'm just going to be going to be an exchange student. Mm. If everything goes well, I'm going to go Finger for a master's crossed. there. Yes, <laughs> like before, I'm sure mm. and certain that mm. I can settle there. I'm not going to get a car, yeah. but I'd like to at least be able to drive there especially yeah. because i didn't say that earlier but i'm in the volleyball club mm. my second <laughs> family honestly I, i love them so much and we when we do matches sometimes mm. we have like we have to drive um up north for example to mm. aberdeen or to dundee mm. and we don't have that many drivers because we have to but I'm not sure about this, but I think we basically have to ask the sport union for mm. vehicle. Mm. So a, a minibus. And we, ha there was one time last semester when we didn't have any driver and we had to ask someone from another club to drive oh, for wow. us up, all the way up to Aberdeen, oh, wow. which is like, if I remember, it was like three hour drive and three Ooh. hour drive. So, I'm not sure, maybe two hour drive. And so I'd really like to be able to be comfortable enough to drive there mm. so that I could pass the test for the minibots and so that if we need it at some point... Mm. You can drive. Yes. But it's just a theory. I don't even know if I could do that. But mm. I, I'd really like just to be able to be independent, especially if we go for, I don't know, some... some how's it called again? You know, when you want to go on a journey with your friends and... On a road trip. Uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> if we want to go on a road trip, I'd, I mm. don't really like depending on other people. Mm. That's the thing. I like being very independent and I like being able to help other people. So for me, being able to drive in the UK would be a major plus. <laughs> It would really be. Yeah. Because I would feel independent. Even if I don't have a car yet, mm. at least I'm able to drive. Yeah. So I don't depend on you anyone. Yeah. And so you, you said that you wanted to visit like Scotland in general. And mm. even there, you just said you want to do a road trip with your friend. Where would you like to go? Like, which city Ooh. would you like to visit? So many, to be honest. <laughs> um, first of all, I'd like to... I, I said earlier that one of my friends who... 
uh, happen to listen to the first episodes of this podcast, so mm. I don't know if she still listens to them. Shout to you, Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that I would, she told me like, when I came back in February that that would be so amazing to just go mm. and see her family in the north. Mm. Or not her family, but like go and see the north because she comes from the north of the highlands. Mm. And I've always been attracted to the highlands, so I would really yeah. love to go there. Yeah. I think I would basically love to go everywhere. There's also this natural park uh, mm. in the centre of Scotland, which is massive and huge. Mm. And we happened to cross it by bus uh, when we went to Inverness with my flatmates last semester. Mm. And it's beautiful and gorgeous and it's mm. amazing and i've been told that you could uh, camp in it wow and you're basically surrounded by nature and surrounded wow. by all these animals and everything so that would be for me it's about the countryside mm. it's about nature it's about hiking i'm a hike lover <laughs> so it's <clears throat> sorry i would like to go and see the sea and just i'm not really i want to see the small villages and i mm. want to see all <clears throat> I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to see like all the nature and everything. I I just want to hike everywhere. Mm. I want to to travel this region because I'm so deeply in love with it. That's mm. insane. I, I just especially I think since you know Scotland is very famous for its landscape and yes. the highlands and oh, you know such a it. strong. I feel like they have such a strong like celtic landscape and you know mm. you can f really feel their celtic culture and you know background from you know the rocks and the plants and just yes. the landscape it's like it's so it's so strong in the roots of the country i think that's why you know people come to scotland to you know visit like the the highlands and such mm. because there's so um there's so much uh i don't know what to call it you know power yes and you know what you can actually feel it i don't know if it's just me no 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 i i i i, I can feel it too and my father has a work for as a has a word for it but it's in french but he calls it les forces telluriques so i would never know how to translate that in english healthy strength yeah power healthy power that when you yes. visit a very ancient sight you can really you feel, feel it. it you feel the soul yeah, of the country yeah. and that's crazy and that's the one thing i think when i say i fell in love with it i am so so honest about it i truly fell in love with it that mm. the energy there's something mm. so strong about the earth whenever you go in the landscape whenever so i lived on campus mm. and it's outside the city so you're surrounded by hills and you have when it was snowing in December, that was amazing that mm. you had all those white hills mm. on the sides of the campus. And it's just, you're surrounded by that nature. And I remember every time I would go for a walk, which was basically every day, <laughs> in the middle of the forest. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say forest, a grove probably. Mm. And it just, you could feel all the energy. Like mm. I would look at the fields and the hills and I would be like, wow this is insane yeah. and i don't really think people who live there realize it mm. like whenever my my friends make fun of me every time because i'm always like wow that's crazy mm. when we would take the minibus to go for for matches mm. like for games up north we would just i there was another french girl in my in my team 
my baby girl Claire and basically we would both be like wow oh, this is beautiful <laughs> this is insane we would look at the cows the cows were black like she, <laughs> we would look at them and be like wow and all my friends in the millibots would make fun of us <laughs> because they were like well it's just it's just the landscape yeah <laughs> and especially they, I mean they're Scottish so they're kind of used to not it. all of them oh well it's a very international campus Harriet oh, Lloyd's wow. very international okay. and even on a Scottish campus, you have people mm. from Northern Ireland, you have people from oh, England. Oh, wow. okay. So, yeah. Not all of them are Scottish, but they're just so used to it that mm. they don't really... You know, it's. I think it's very human, actually, mm. to not really look around you. Mm. When you're so used to a place, even here, people don't realise how lucky we are to yeah. live near the sea. Yes. And it's just they're just like, well, it's, it's the sea, we see it every day. Yeah. And no, it's just you just have to look up and to look around you and be like, mm. wow, we are so lucky to yeah. be able to have that. And to have the you know the sea just like ten minutes from mm. the city center, but I I do understand what you feel about you know the 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 power and the energy because when for when when we went to Sweden with my family it was exactly the same like you could feel the energy from the earth and I mm. remember we went to like a like a very ancient site where there were like drawing and like carving on the on the ground and on the rocks you know you could feel the energy and that was so strong you know mm. and I mean there are people who who feel it and there are other people who really don't feel it and yeah. who don't understand and I in Brittany you can feel the same I feel like in Karnak yes there's and the same. in the center of Brittany as well like mm. when we are surrounded by all the, the forests Brosséliandre yes yeah it's just maybe that's I don't know. I wouldn't be able to describe it. I think you kind of have to match with this power as well. Mm. It's it's compatibility. Mm. Compat- Can I say compatibility? that? Yeah, yeah. Something like I th- that. I think that's the word. Compatibility. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Let's say it is. <laughs> and I, I also feel like in those types of places, in Scotland mm. in particular, you also have so many villages where people basically aren't... In our modern age, mm. like they still live in a previous age, <laughs> right? and they, they don't have all the technology that we have. They yeah. don't, or even if they do, they're so used to their habits and the way mm. they live. And we also have that in Brittany as well. Mm. And I think that's so powerful. Like you feel like you're kind of going back in time in a way. Mm. I mean, that's why I, for for example, I've talked to uh, with my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that I too want to live in like the British Isle, but I want to live in Ireland. Yeah. And when my, you know, when people ask me why, it's like, well, it's Celtic. So there's this strong, very strong energy, Celtic energy. And mm. I do not want to live away from it. You know, it's very strong in Brittany and it's very strong in Ireland and Scotland. And I do not want to be part of it, to not, not to be away from it. I want yeah. to be part of it. And I think when, when you, when you experience that, you know, stronger connection, mm. Celtic connection, you, you understand. I mean, I understand why you want to go back to Scotland yeah. and the landscapes and, you know, and you feel drawn to it. In a yeah. Way. And I feel like in Lorient, we 
don't always feel it. Mm. Be- probably because of the fact that it had been rebuilt after the war. Yeah. So we don't really have those ancient sto- stones anymore. Mm. And it's very, it's kind of modern without really being modern. Mm. It's very weird. Whereas in cities like Edinburgh, or even in many cities in Ireland as well, mm. it's, they still have all those ancient walls and mm. all those ancient stones, which stayed through mm. the years. They have mm-hmm. all those castles, all those ruins and everything, especially because even if it's in ruin, they keep their castles. They really do. Mm. Like they, they um, tend to them and everything. And they have that kind of thing where they mix history and they mix modern time. Mm. And it's so, you feel the energy even more thanks to that. Mm. They did not sacrifice all the historical aspects. Whereas apart from Brittany, I think there are many regions where they do that as well. But it's mm. just in France, we tend to forget that. Mm. I mean, there's, uh, I mean, Especially since, you know, France is a very modern, now it's very modern, like, mm. the, your, your, how to say that, your traditions, is, except in, like, Basque country and in Alsace mm. and, you know, and in Brittany, you know, you have a French identity more than a Basque identity or Brittany, yes. ident- Breton identity. And, um, yeah, you can really feel it in, like, very deep Basque country and also uh, where I come from like Quimper where like West Brittany you still have the the old rocks and the old castles and old uh, and old yeah churches and you can well what you said really mm. feel like very deep history and old history so yeah yeah and I I think it would it would depend on everyone's beliefs, mm. but I am persuaded that we have some sort of energy that we leave mm. at some place, mm. uh, whether it's due to our feelings or to our wishes or mm. anything. And you can feel it in mm. the ancient stones and ancient mm. places, like all the energies that gathered in the same place throughout mm. the years. I feel like you can sort of feel it. Mm. I don't know if it's just me. I don't know if it's my imagination no, or no, just... No. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it would depend on anyone's beliefs, but mm. I am persuaded that human beings have those energies that they leave someplace some and in those chaotic regions mm. and very strong regions as well mm. you can kind of feel all of these yeah. and it's, i think it's due to traditions and mm. to ways of thinking to mm. i don't know i just i feel like there's some sort of yeah gathering of thoughts mm. If you keep the tradition alive, obviously the tradition right. is going to continue and the beliefs are going to continue. If you kill the tradition, yeah, they're going to die. Even though some traditions would do with a little modernization. <laughs> Let's not like to one another to one another when it comes to leaving women on the side. I don't agree with it, but still, I, I yeah, <laughs> traditions. I, I think that for me, traditions are very important in the way that they kind of they all a link to the past mm. that we have to keep like we have to keep the reasons why tradition started mm. in the first place and i also think it's part of the beauty of a culture mm. traditions make everything it's yes. part of people's identity yes it's part of their culture identity yes <laughs> yes <laughs> no you, you you are absolutely right and well now for the one million dollar question. One million dollar? <laughs> really? <laughs> the iconic question. 
what is home for you and where is it? Oh, uh, you know what? Obviously, I, can, I asked myself this question so many times. I've asked yeah. myself this question so many times over the past few months. And that's the reason why I started this podcast in the mm. first place. Because I really started to question home. And I think that's this obvious saying where you say that home is where the heart is. Mm. Obviously. Yeah. But I think my definition of home changed so much also thanks to these episodes mm. because questioning people about the meaning of home has made me question my mm. meaning of home and going through I've been through a lot of anxiety the past few months and mm. a lot of questioning on mm. my self-identity <laughs> on a lot of questioning on who I was who I wanted to be and what I was cherishing and also I also wondered a lot why I was so drawn to Scotland mm. when I had never been there before and I think now I realize that home is where I feel safe to be myself mm. and it, it may be obvious for other people but for me who has been a people pleaser for many many years mm. and who has kind of forgotten who I was for so long mm. and to the point where I didn't know who I was mm. and where I didn't know the things I liked and the things I I was longing for. Being myself is very, very hard and this is probably one of the reasons why I knew there was something special about Scotland. Mm. It was because it was so obvious to be myself, especially in the volleyball club. I met people who were so not judgmental <laughs> on the person that I was. And especially when you play volleyball, it's, it's a very intense game. Like people don't realize how sometimes you just burst into tears and you mm. don't know why because you don't have time to be someone you're not. Mm. It's so it's such a quick and fast game mm. that you are forced mm. <laughs> to be yourself. And I managed to be myself with these people just just being able to cry in front of them mm. without feeling bad or anything mm. and without facing weird queer looks mm. was kind of it made me realize that yeah for me it's where I can be myself either with mm. people either in a place and just yeah just something you know sometimes you spend time with people mm. some of them you can't be yourself with and some people is just so easy like they make the they get the best out of you mm. And it's just so obvious. For me, that's the feeling of home. Wow. It's being anchored to a place where you can just... You don't have to force yourself to be someone you're not. Mm. And I think it's, it's very close to the fact that I've, I had been such a people pleaser for so long. Yes. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Luan, for, well, answering the question and for being on the other side of this podcast. <laughs> well, thank you for coming and interviewing me. <laughs> Well, I think everyone wanted to, you know, hear your part of, you know, feeling home and, mm. you know, so I think that was really important to do. Yeah, actually, I mean, I was going to say many people, but not that many people <laughs> asked to have my point of view. And it's just, I knew I wanted to do an episode at some point about mm. this, but I just didn't know how, because mm. I really like conversations. I'm not, I think, you know what, I'm so talkative. I could probably be able to just talk. Mm. <laughs> to Mike for like an hour but I just I just like the idea of an interview and yeah. I think many people asked to have my point of view so and it's better you know yeah 
conversation's not so easy yeah that's the reason I asked you in the first place because I know that our episode was so easy to record Mm. and it was that kind of episode where I don't see the time go by Mm. and it's just and you end up looking at the at the screen and being like oh Oh my god it's nearly an hour yet so (laughs) already so yeah thank you for coming and interviewing me thank you and thank you everyone for listening to this podcast yay for another episode (laughs) bye bye